Welcome to the Grip and Grin Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, and sitting across from me is the ever-beautiful Fecto. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) So, today, let's jump right into it. We're going to be talking about your deer season in review. So, we're going to start it back, uh, what is it now, five months, six months ago? July. July. It's crazy. (laughs) Dude, it's literally almost 2021. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's, uh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> so, all right, let's get into it. Yes, sir. So what do we do? Like, obviously, we set the stage earlier that you're hunting in uh, a semi-private area. Yep. So you, you know your area where you're going into. So what are you doing to get yourself ready for preseason, early season, and so forth? Um, I think it all starts with uh, goal setting in your preseason you need to have expectations for yourself going into the season two goals you know i try not to set too many goals for myself i mean there's one a goal every year that you and i both and a lot of people out there set for themselves and that's filling the freezer jam packing that freezer full of meat you know having that through ice fishing into the summer grilling barbecuing you know having all that um that meat in your freezer but i would say number two goal this year i mean i want my wall hanger you know high tower on the on the wall right now is awfully lonely yeah i mean everyone wants a wall hanger and i really 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 want one but i'm realistic you know i don't set that goal every single year i don't do that just because you know you you manage well you try to you try to manage the bucks on the property that you're hunting and you know you're gonna have some some other hunters come in and so on and so forth. So you can only control so much. You know, I shot a decent-sized buck in 2017, Hightower, you know, and I told myself this year, I was like, okay, I'm due. Yep, you're, you were due. due. You were due. I mean, that first one you got, which I would say was your first yeah. trophy yeah. wall hanger. Yep. You, were, you had a couple bucks out there from your cameras that we saw that were just... Oh, gorgeous tankers absolutely beautiful like calendar worthy stuff so you get your cameras out there what are you doing like how do you collect your data how often you check in the cameras and take me through all the preseason scouting that you do dude people think i'm freaking nuts when it comes to tracking these deer um man so to start the season you know end of july early august i'm putting out my cameras and i usually put out five and I named those cameras Alpha, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, so on and so forth. And I put them up on specific runs from past history that I've that I've learned about. And you know, setting up those game cameras, I this year I didn't want to check them every single week. You know, I checked them maybe once every two weeks, maybe even longer than that. I wanted to stay out of the woods as much as possible. But as far as what pictures I get. When I see a deer on my camera, I track it. So I set it up in a spreadsheet, and what I do is, on my spreadsheet, I set up an hourly schedule for 24 hours. And I can create a bar graph with that. Where are my high points? When are the deer coming in? When are they leaving? So I'm actually tracking when these deer are going to their, their food uh, feeding locations, but also their bedding locations. I'm catching them in between. I'm not sitting over a crop of corn or a crop of alfalfa. I'm sitting in the woods grinding to shoot these deer. Which I think everyone can agree with that they're not really sitting over some sort of, uh, what's the word? That's a crop field of some sort. Food plot. Food plot. Food plot. So like, I got you. Every, like we're in Maine. We're in the big woods. So obviously you know where you're looking to find your deer, where you're going to be hunting, where you're going to be setting up. So take me through like your hit list. What was on it? Oh, this year was a it was a fantastic hit list. And you would agree with that. You were like, you know, just like having a complete, you know, oh my god. Like, I mean, it's so totally different for me and you because like every buck that you get on cam, yep. like that's like I you could refer to as your deer. Like that's in your herd. I mean, you gotta remember, and I'll 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 mention this briefly. Back in 2017, when I started doing this, I got Hightower, and I got a bunch of spike horns. I wasn't getting those big boys. 
coming through. So I would say that uh, over the years, it's it's accumulated to this. Just a th- you know three-year span of QDM managing this like little nest of deer here. Um, I would definitely have to give you credit. Yeah. I mean, we've been together for like four years now, three years of really like hunting, fishing together. You're taking QDM to a to a T, which is awesome. Yeah. Which is really awesome. You, you have to. But I mean, to talk about my hit list, you know, I had, I had, I would say 10 bucks. I mean, there was like two mystery bucks I, to- I got towards the end of the season. And that's probably just due to the fact that, you know, it's rut and I'm just having these like high flyers come through, these random bucks come through. But I mean, number one on my hit list that I've seen grow from a little spike horn a nice little buck I call Halo, and I, he's not little; he's quite large. He is a freaking tank. Like when he comes into your picture frame and you see him on your computer, you can just hear the background noise of like the Halo video game, like oh, as he comes in. He is a behemoth. And early season, I was getting pictures of him and Ace. Ace is the the deer that I I shot this year. He was my number two on my hit list. Um, Nice little 11 pointer, had a little crotch brow tie, you know, nice little features that you can definitely distinguish between bucks. Um, Halo's tines were probably like a foot each at least. Ace, um, just a well rounded um, but unique buck. Uh, number three on my hit list was Noland, which we just checked the game cameras from squirrel hunting. Yep, he is looking pretty good. He made it through the season, so that's that's great news. Step one. That's step one. He's still going to make it through the winter, you know. But uh, And then beyond that, I just had a couple, like, there's a couple uh, middle-aged deer that look good for next year. That I would take in a heartbeat. Yeah, <laughs> it, they look good for next year. I'll give them that. I'm like, okay, it's coming. But uh, towards the end of that, it's just little spike horns. But All right, so now in Maine, we have the expanded archery season, which I know both of us do quite a bit of. So, obviously, you're hunting the greater Augusta area. You're not going to be scouting as much as your your main spot. So, to take me through, like, just getting into it, getting right into, you know, your hunting area. Uh, hunting the Augusta area for Expanded, it's uh, it's an interesting place. It's it's kind of what you, you are used to. Um, you know, in hunting that spot, there's a lot of other hunters, which... I hate and I hunters. know that so freaking well because I tell you about it all season long oh. over text, phone calls. I'm just so freaking pissed off. Like a rule of thumb, like when you're walking through the woods, and I'm getting a little sidetracked here, but when you're walking through the woods and you see a guy in a tree, you don't walk right up to him and say, hey, have you seen anything? That's like a no-fly zone. That is like, that's borderline ethics. Come on, man. I mean, yeah, that that is just stupid as hell. Anyways, that's the stuff that I'm dealing with when I hunt my expanded spot, okay? But, I mean, get, don't get me wrong. There is deer there. And from past history, you know, there's one particular area I call the gut that I love to sit. It funnels those deer naturally down into this valley, and it's a nice little spot. But I've bounced around sitting from the ground, sitting in this tree that I sat this year. Um, you know, when I get down in there, as far as like tree selection, I'm comfortable at 20 feet. Now, most people would be like, that's way too high, dude, way too high. But in this particular area, it was, it was a necessity. It needed to happen. I needed to go, I needed to be elevated to the highest point possible. And that was due to you having uh, new equipment this year. You had a saddle, which we were able yes. to. Yes. That's one thing we didn't touch upon, but we actually got some nicer equipment this year for us, I would say, both of us. Yeah. We um, we upgraded to a little more mobile setups, so we can carry in, carry out really easily. We had some climbing sticks and a saddle, and that, I think, was a huge game changer for us both, as it just like opened up so many different tree locations and you're not carrying in a, like a self climber which is kind of bulky can be loud with the metal like yep. all those sort of things so take me through like your first encounter of the season like was it slow was it slow to begin or i mean so i usually sit the afternoons when i get out of work you know i i rush out of work i get down there you know 
but I try not to rush too much because let's be honest, it's expanded. Temperatures are hot. You're going to be sweating, right? So getting into my spot, get down in my tree, uh, get into my climbing sticks, sit down in the saddle. It's calm. It's, it's a little warm. I would say it's about 65 right now uh, sitting in the tree. And the sun is just starting to go down over the trees. I'm like, oh, it's deer 30. And my phone vibrates. And then I look at my phone. Andrew's like, dude, it's deer 30. Get ready. I'm like, let's go. Every time I was in the tree. It's a staple. I, I sit in the text if I know you're sitting on your couch. I think there was one time this entire season you didn't. And I was slightly disappointed. I was like, what the hell, man? Like, I was probably drunk. You probably were. But I was like, man, come on. Like, Where's that text? I need that text. But anyways... Um, you know, I had a nice little spike horn come down from my, from my left. I heard him coming. And as all hunters know, you, you know, when it's a deer, that, that kind of pattern of steps coming through the leaves. I'm like, it's game time. Here we go. Comes down and he's, he's actually kind of just moving along quite well. I was like, holy crap, this deer is moving quick. Comes down the gut. And surprisingly, as he comes up over the ridge, he comes down to my right right into my shooting lane stops but he stops just before that shooting lane literally behind debris stops i'm like are you kidding me they know they always do know that (laughs) they always have to know that they have to take one more step and the grim reaper is going to bring wrath upon them i literally told myself i said one more step and i'm drawing back it's going to happen and he stops turns around walks back up the hill and i'm going are you freaking kidding me so you know, I always pre-range my shots beforehand. I'm like, all my shooting lanes, like, I pre-range everything. And he was walking up to an opening, and I was like, ah, that's, that's got to be, like, 30. It's got to be. It's got to be. It, <laughs> maybe 33, you know, somewhere in there. I'm like, it's yeah. coming into range. And I'm, I'm threading the needle, you know. It's just you're putting an arrow through, like, a little tiny shooting lane. I'm like, yeah, here we go. Drew back. He stops, and I'm like, yes. And I almost rushed a shot because he stood there for a little while. But, I mean, when I drew back, it was just like, draw back, second, release. I was like, oh. But when my arrow hit, it made that slap sound. I was like, let's go. Like, jacked up, amped up, get down to the tree stand, walk over. And that that arrow is clean as a whistle, no blood whatsoever, and it's absolutely buried in the rocks. So that, that slap that I heard was yeah, the broadhead yeah. shattering into like <laughs> gravel. There it goes 10, 15 bucks right there. Yeah. A little yeah, painful yeah. to do. Yeah. Squirrel arrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you missed that. That little spiker. But that's, if I remember, that was like pretty early on. It was the first week of Expanded. It was the first week? It was the first week, yep. Yeah, if you get more action than I was. I yeah, it was. <laughs> that was a fact. <laughs> But, um, so after that, I think you, didn't you go through a lull? If I remember right, can't really remember right. Yeah, you, you go, as a bow hunter, you, you kind of like, I mean, you're trying to perfect every element of your hunt. But when you go through those lulls, the biggest key thing that you need to take away from that is persistence. You need to continue hunting. You know, even when I missed that little spike horn, I didn't change where I was sitting. I just kept sitting that spot, you know. Don't leave biting fish to find biting fish, as you always tell me, you know. Same with deer. Like, don't leave deer to find deer if they're right there in front of you. So, um, yeah, I would say it probably took me another week or two at least before I even start saw another deer. Um, but uh, my next encounter that I had was with a flock of does that came through. <laughs> and by flock, I mean eight does. Uh, I vividly remember this phone call with oh. a gem. I wish if we had that recorded and uploaded it, it would have been money. Well, money. well, well let's uh, relive that moment real quick. <laughs> so, you know, I always sit right to legal time. And I always told you that when you were going, you know, through my school of hunting. Uh, yep. Sit uh, right to legal time. Sit till legal time. You know, once legal time's hit, not, like, unknock your arrow, you're done. Like, get out of your tree stand, you're done. Even if you jump on the way out, you're done. Okay. You sit right until that last minute. So I uh sitting in Augusta again, and I'm like, man, it's getting uh, – I'm, I'm going to call it a day. Broke my own rule. Started packing up, like, all my, my electric, electronic uh, scent device there and, you know, took that down, and, and it just went quiet. 
and this is like five to ten minutes before legal time. And I'm like, man, it's really quiet. And then shh, shh, you're like, oh, baby, are you serious right now? Off to my right, I can see movement. And the whole ground is just moving. I'm like, oh, my gosh. No <laughs> antlers, no headgear, no nothing. I'm like, okay. But I was like, this is expanded. I'm about to put meat in the freezer. Let's make this happen. I didn't care how big it was. It was just about putting meat in the freezer. Yep, yep. So, you know, there was a couple decent-sized does that I could have waited for. But the fact that legal time was fast approaching, I was like, what opportunity do I have right now? You know, a nice little 110, 112-pound doe standing 20 yards in front of me. Yeah, I'm going to throw that arrow. Dump it. <laughs> <laughs> so, drew back. Um, I did have my light going, actually. Yeah, I know you did. You yep. texted me, like, right before when you were packing up, you texted me. Because I remember I was hunting up at my spot, and yep. I got your text saying, like, it's, I just turned off my thing, and it's awfully quiet. Yeah. So, yeah. The light was on, and I drew back, and... You know, I went through all the procedures of shooting. Like, I was going through the checklist. Like, yep, this. Yep. Okay, yep, yep. And then just put that that light right behind the shoulder. Smack, smelt good. Clean pass through, double lung. Um, she ran off, and she crashed hard. <laughs> I mean, you could just hear the whole thing unfold. I was like, well, there we go. And believe it or not, those seven other does didn't move an inch now I gotta chime in here. So right after he shoots, and it's past legal at this point, so you don't really have to be like on your right. on your guard. You shot. Right. Chaos is kinda happening. And he calls me up and he's like, There's deer under me right now. <laughs> and then I can vividly remember he's like, Can you hear this? And I can hear deer shuffling under his stand. <laughs> and it's like, well, after legal time now, so you can't do anything. But it was just hilarious. And in that moment, you're whispering with deer underneath you, and they're still confused on what's going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, after that deer I shot, you know, most guys would be like, why didn't you take out another arrow and, uh, you know, let it fly? And I'm not going to do that. It's past legal time. I'm an ethical hunter. You know, I got more work on my plate here with, with this dough that I have down. Plen I got meat in the freezer, plenty of work to do for the night. I'm good. I'm good. And we'll get to that later on. I know you're looking at me like, yeah, but. Yeah, but. We'll get to yeah, that point. I know, I know it. <laughs> so you get your first deer in the freezer, which is always a nice feeling for oh, feels both great. you and I and everyone listening. It's just getting the monkey off the back. So now yeah. the hunt continues. Yes, it does. Full throttle. There's no let off. There's no let off from, was September 12th to December 12th? Yep. So, I mean, what are you, like, are you taking a couple of days off and then you're getting right back at it, or are you just going next day? I mean, obviously, you got to take your deer down to your butcher, which is a haul. I like my butcher. Yeah, everyone likes their <laughs> damn butcher. I'm very protective of my meat. <laughs> I mean, what can I say? No, most guys are like, well, why do you bring it? Why don't you just cut it yourself? And every I could, but with my job, with, you know, an empty freezer full, like it, it, it's still half full. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. I can still fill it. So I always bring it to a guy. You know, he does a fantastic job. I, I, I trust him at this point, and you know, does a fantastic job. But um, yeah, it's full throttle. You don't. I don't let off one bit. So we're head. We're heading right back to the gut. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, we. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot, baby. So, take me. Th Actually, I think this next one thing we're about to talk about is when I came down to town. You did. Yeah. He's like, you know, he, he comes down. And he's like, hey, I'm gonna hunt with you. I was like, yes, let's go. Like, that is like one of my. When you hunt with me, it's like we're on point. And by on point, it's almost to the the to the point where it's just unfair. Surgical. It, oh, oh, dude, like precision. It's amazing. Like you can't even describe it. I mean, come turkey season, that's like a whole nother level of like perfection. Yep. But deer season, it's just we're on the same wavelength. We know how each other work. We know each other, like how we climb our stands, how we walk through the woods. If we jump a deer, we're not stupid. We don't pursue right away. Like we are. Yeah, I totally like, agree. And it's just actually the only hunt we did together, which is crazy. crazy. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? 
we are obviously going to do more hunts, and given the situation, I'm at school and whatnot. It's yeah. Gonna, it's definitely going to change. But anyway, so I come to town, and I know where I want to go. You're like, yeah, if you go here, the wind's this direction, blah, blah, blah. Take me through the night. And your night started early. And I wouldn't I mean, even say a night. It wasn't even, yeah, it wasn't even a night. <laughs> I, I saw turkeys. Uh, that was cool, but... I mean, man, so we had a, a southerly wind, which... As we're sitting in our tree stands, the wind's kind of blowing to our backs, like, out into front of us, which I was like, ah, shit. Like, if these deer cross in front of us, like, it's not going to be good. But with our scent eliminator technology, I was like, you know, with a three to five mile an hour wind gust, we'll be okay. So we get into our tree stands. You know, we send the text. You good? You good? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay. And what? 30 minutes i wouldn't even say that i think because i took a little bit longer to set up because you were just you knew your spot you had your sticks there i didn't have anything so i was like kind of a little blind i mean i knew the spot yeah so i had to set up and i think i set up and i sat down and then i was like maybe 10 minutes Mm, mm. (laughs) i'm like oh my freaking word he's already seen deer and i'm just like All right, whatever, whatever. But anyway, so he texts me. I just shot at a little crotcher. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, uh, what was it exactly? You sent the text like, should I get down, check for blood, or should I wait? And I can't remember. Did you go down right away? I I waited 20 minutes or so. But, I mean, when these deer came in, they caught me by surprise. They came in from behind me. So that's they didn't smell me at all. Like the wind, I could have smelt them if I had a strong enough nose, but... That sure as hell ain't going to happen. But they came in like 10, 15 yards behind me, and I was like, well, shit. Like, I can't shoot them. I can't. I could use a tree as cover, but there was just way too much movement. I was like, I'm not going to rush it. Two little spike horns. Two spike horns. And we told each other before we went in the woods, we're like, ah, I think we'll let a doe walk. (laughs) Yeah, that's always some bullshit. Especially when you're an expanded, letting something walk is a little tough. I was like, just shoot a buck. Just shoot a buck. And lo and behold, I have two bucks right behind me. You know, they're not wallings, but they're, they're you know, nice little spike horns. And they actually start to duel a little bit, too, which is kind of cool. Um, but they stood there, you know, eerily for like 10, 15 minutes before they walked off. Saw the first one step out at like 30 yards. I was like, that's a dead deer. Like, I could have shot that. But I'm going to wait for the bigger one. And I waited stupidly. And he stepped out, and I didn't make the noise. I didn't bleat. I just said, throw the arrow. And I didn't range because it happened so quick, and it was probably one of the biggest regrets I have on the entire season is just making a stupid error. But, I mean, the more you throw your arrows, the (laughs) the more chances you're going to get a deer. Obviously, and we all... Everyone listening to, we all make kind of like a rash decision in the moment when you yeah. have like, you got some meat in front of you just dangling, just waiting for you to take it. Yep. And then you're looking for the better opportunity, but it actually ends up worse. Now you're unprepared and you didn't bleed at the stop. So it's kind of a little movement walking at, what was it? Like 42? 43. Oh. oh. I see, I'm a little uncomfortable with that one. However, you take the shot. Yeah. And you go down. Yeah. You text me immediately, and you're like, there's no blood. No blood. (laughs) You're like, dude, you're not seeing it. Just wait till dark, because flashlights, let's be real, folks. Like, when you're looking for blood, if it's dry leaves and stuff like that, the flashlight's going to illuminate that and make it kind of reflective with the flashlight. That is so true. Which I was was telling you that. I was like, we're going to find blood. But the... The hunt goes on. Nothing really happens for me and you. It was just quiet after the fact. So then I get down, pack up, haul over to you in the gut. And then I remember I take that off my stuff, and it's kind of warm that night, but I I get cold easy, so I'm kind of layered up, which big mistake, rookie move, not taking off a couple layers. Yeah. Because I was sweating by the end of this night. Pretty sure I was in a T-shirt by that time. Yeah. I mean, when we found blood, well, finding oh, finding that first little <laughs> drop was a miracle in itself. We like got all jacked up, we're like high five and just like, ah, like we found blood. But little did we know it was gonna be like 
a whole lot worse. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it was like, if I remember, it was like one speck on a log. Speck, and by speck, I mean like the half, maybe a quarter size of a pea. Okay, yeah, that's about right. It's, so it was tiny, and that was every eight to ten feet. Ah, uh, I think it's generous. I think it was more than that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, I think we have different methods of tracking. Personally, I do. am very. And I mean, I mean slow. Yep. I am like literally on my hands and knees. I have my headlight on maximum like brightness. Yep. And I'm just slowly sectioning it off like a grid search. See, I'm the I'm the bloodhound that just goes way the fuck out there and like like looking for blood, and then I'm like, oh shit, I need to go back. So I go back to the owner. Yeah. Go back to the original. Yeah. Like, piece yep. of blood. So like. <laughs> We kind of trade off finding a little bit of blood here and there. Like, you go up ahead and find one, like, I'd say 30 yards, 40 yards up. Yeah. I, and then we get stuck, and, like, where did it go? Did it turn left or right? Then I'll do my little grid search and find, it, like, the tiniest speck on this tiny leaf. And I'll be like, all right, yep. this way. Yep. So this goes on for two hours. Dude, we're out there till like, 10 o'clock at night. It was pretty horrible. It was awful. Not going to lie. It was Shitty at the same time, you're hitting a deer, yep. you're not finding it, yep. and there's obviously a point where you get to where you're just come to the realization, I it's mean, just we're, over. Like, you're not, you obviously, you went out again, which is always the right move. Well, I was going to say, we get, you get exhausted, like, when we were out that night, and we were just, like, shot, and we were like, man, we can't find this, like, we're make, starting to make some stupid decisions, you know, and we were like, let's just pull out, and I was like, I'll come back tomorrow, so... Yes, I went back the next day. Didn't sleep well that night just because leaving meat in the woods is just the absolute worst feeling. You cannot sleep. Like, knowing that there's a wounded animal in the woods, you're like, man, did I hit it in a good spot? Is it dead? Is it still alive? Like, what? what's happening? And that's just the worst feeling. But I went out the next day, and I pull up uh, an app on my phone which allows me to kind of track my my footsteps and where I go. And I literally did a body search for this deer over the course of three miles. Yeah, and it was also raining. It was, and rain it was, was coming in. Yep. That's the big, big kicker there because we couldn't look for blood once yep. he got out of work. And I had to go back to school. So I I was gone. He gets out at around 2.30, 3 o'clock. So you get... Yeah, two hours max. I mean, max. torrential downpour. Oh, yeah. So you have limited time, a downpour, no blood trail. I mean, you Literally. did your search, and you I can confidently tell you there is nothing you can do about it, even though you wish, everyone yeah. wishes you could change it, but you can't. And, yep. and you did your due diligence. Yep. Couldn't find it. I did the ethical thing. I feel better that I had done that search and still came up with nothing. But it wasn't until this is what really makes you feel good is later on the season on your game camera, you know, seeing that deer again. You're like, oh, thank God. That's a sigh of relief. Yep. Yep. So, you know, up until that point, though, it's just kind of like, oh, shit, that sucks. Like, I hope nature takes its course. You know, I hope that feeds like bobcats, coyotes, whatever. I hope it just doesn't go to waste, which, you know, you want in your freezer, but. You know, you got to remember that you're also feeding other animals too. Now, I'm not saying go out there and just shoot deer and just leave them there. I'm not, I am not fucking saying that. But, you know, you have to do everything in your power to try and find that animal. That is your, that's your responsibility as a And hunter. you did that. You yeah. clearly did that. Cause I mean, we searched. I, I tried my hardest and I provided as much as I could. And then, Yep. You did what you could and did the extra search. Yep. So you kind of moved on from it. I did. Kind of have to. So we're now, we're pushing like October now. We're like end of September. Yeah. Like it's like beginning of October. We just get a couple of those nice cold mornings that just like textbook Andrew killing days. I'll just say that's where I kill my deer is about that 45 degree crisp morning. 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> More like 6.45. <laughs> but, but anyway, so what, what are you doing? It's kind of like almost pre-rut. Yeah. Like what are you doing to like enhance your hunting? I mean, we did something a little bit different this year. We, You and I have been communicating back and forth about what we should do to prepare for the rut. What should we do pre-rut, you know, as far as scents and stuff like that. 
you know, we introduced some different techniques um, coming into this season. And for me, the pre-rut, I want to do a lot more vocalization. So a lot more grunting. Now, I'm not saying just go out there and just like grunt, you know, constantly. But just do like, you know, a couple like burps here and there, like every, you know, 20 minutes, sometimes 45 minutes. Mix it up. Don't do it religiously. You know, mix it up every once in a while. And I was getting a huge response, not just from like other bucks, but I was getting also responses from does. Does were coming. I was like, whoa. I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, okay. So I don't know if it was just because they were comfortable. They're like, oh, there's another deer here. Okay. And they were coming in. I'm not like entirely sure of that, but you know, doing some pre some pre rut grunts, I was having these little spike horns come in. Now, were they out of range? Yes. But it was kind of cool just to see some action. Like, it's always cool as a bow hunter just to see action. I'm not out there to be like, let's kill everything. Like, I'm out there like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, look at the little spike horn. Oh, oh, yeah, he came in. Oh, look at that. Yeah, that's cool. And then, like, having some does follow and stuff. It, it's pretty cool. So, as you said earlier, you had half a freezer full. Yes, sir. And we're in expanded to get the either sex tag. Yep. You get the pre-rut going on, you're grunting, getting some, you said spike horns coming in. Yep. Who's a little toddy? Ha, ha, ha. May he rest in peace. Um, or pieces now. Uh, little toddy. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of an inside joke with my coworkers, but, um, you know, he's a he's a little short guy. Uh, he's just a little peewee. He's a little bitch. Um, but uh, I always name the smallest deer that I see visually or on camera i always name them little toddy um now little toddy is just like you know could be just barely legal like three inch like little tines to anywhere between like you know three to three to six inches i would say for tines yeah yeah that's little toddy i mean they're just a yearling coming into like they think their shit don't stink they come in you know and with the pre-rut with the vocalization, I did have some responses from those little spike horns coming in, just like huffing and puffing, like, look at me. I'm like, dude, really? Like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? But with the expanded, I'm like, I'm going to shoot that deer. Little toddy. So I had a doe come in to my right, and uh decent-sized doe, actually. And I was like, man, that, mm, that looks good. But I was like, I learned from my previous encounter with uh, the little crotch horn that I missed. And I was like, I'm not going to shoot that distance. I just don't feel comfortable. I was like, it's kind of a, she's moving further and further away. I'm like, no, nope, I'm just not going to do it. But I did have a, I did have a, um, I can't remember if I had a dominant buck or if I had an estrus can. dominant buck. Cause was it? I mean, we were still like right before we were like, we're not going to put out estrus yet. Or yeah. we were experimenting with it. But I think you had the dominant buck out. Because, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. So I was like, flirt, you know playing around flirting with different types of uh scents out there as well along with the grunting and uh the doe took off in front of me i'm like well at least i saw something like that's kind of cool because it had been a little while and uh looked down to my right and i was like holy shit there's a deer right at the like practically at the base of my feet at the bottom of this ridge and i was like holy crap so deer comes in stops and just as you would say stares into my soul uh, <laughs> i had that too often this season they just are looking at you and they're like what's going on and you just like freeze and you're like oh shit and you're like do they but just stay still do not blink do not move they will kind of check you out but i swear they can hear my heart beating (laughs) like it's just silent and there's nothing around except they're looking at me maybe the sun's even shining on me and they can see every movement and i'm just like oh my glasses i wear glasses when i hunt i can see the shine off that oh i do remember now it was the estrus i did have estrus out because he kept getting a whiff of that estrus and he was like whoa 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 hey uh, what's uh what's that over there but then like He'd remember, oh, but there's something over here. And he'd look right back at me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, dude. Like, just crazy. I was expecting that deer to walk in front of me, literally on a dime, completely 180 turns, and starts walking backwards, like, in the direction he came from. Like, are you kidding me? Like, this is happening again? I was like, no. (laughs) So he, like, went behind a little hemlock tree there. I was like, okay, draw. 
drew back and there was this window of opportunity that had like hemlock branches but as soon as i drew back he stopped in that window and i was like holy shit this is a dead deer stops and he knows what i am and what i'm doing at this point stares right at me i go you need to throw this arrow now throw the arrow felt really good you know in between my green and red pin 25 yards felt great about it smacked him arrow was sticking in his side and i was like ah i was like i don't know sprinted in the woods and you could hear this like crack of my arrow just snapping in the tree line i was like oh no there goes like 25 bucks right there yep so snapped off my arrow ran off and i didn't hear the crash and i'm like oh shit like this is gonna be a long night so so you get your buddy over yep i mean i remember you calling me you were finding blood at the site of impact right and then you called me. I, I can't uh, really remember exactly how that went down. So tracking this deer was a little bit different. He went into a wet area. and I'm Never like, good. Never good. You're like, ah, oh, shit. Went into a wet area. So what I did was I found my arrow, first of all. And I had about eight, eight inches of penetration. I was like, that's enough. Like, that's able to penetrate along, like, okay. Easy, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the shot, I... I was kind of unsure of the shot, but like I, it felt, I knew it was a kill shot. Like I was, it's just a matter of time. But anyways, get my buddy over there, and uh, he uh, helped me out. We get down to the ridge, we start uh, start tracking, and what I did is I tracked his tracks. That's how I found his blood, because he was ripping up the ground hardcore. He was just barrel assing through the through the thicket there, and it's kind of mossy, so I, like he dug it up pretty good. And uh, there's puddles all through there. So, like, any blood is kind of, like, not washed away, but diluted at this point. And I tracked his tracks for probably 20, 30 yards and finally found blood. I'm like, oh, thank God, blood. And it was probably about, you know, a couple marbles here and there size as far as blood. And I was like, it's good blood. It's got bubbles in it. I'm like, all right, it's a long shot. Like, I got one lung at least. And I think that was probably around the time that I called you, because it was dark at this point. Yeah, I remember you calling me twice. (laughs) And they're both, like, excited, but a little panicky. Not panicky, but, like, there's urgency in your voice. Like, you're kind of, like, it's like... I was getting pissed off. You were getting pissed off, and I could just, like, imagine back to the other deer that you wounded... How you're going about it, and you were saying how this deer was like in front of you, basically, and you could right. literally smell it. Yeah, I, I that distinct smell of death, where you're like, "Oh man, that's a dead deer." Like you can just, I'm like, I know he's right here. I just gotta find him. And at, like, I remember at one point, and I think this was before I called you. I was like, "I'll just follow the smell." I'm like, "You idiot! What are you doing? Just like you're on blood. Follow the blood." And I was like, "I after I got off the phone with you, I." What was the quote I kept telling myself? I was like, uh, what What would the deer do? I, or I kept saying, like, be the deer. That's what I kept saying. I was like, be the deer. Be the deer. Be the deer. What's he doing? What's he doing? Be the deer. So I'm, like, following his tracks. I'm following the blood. And you quoted, you, you nailed this. He spun me around. That deer ran into the thicket, made a small circle, and then backtracked and went in a completely different direction and I was like, oh my gosh, like, not only, what, not only that, but Andrew was right. But also, like, this deer is being smart while it's wounded. That just it blew my mind that that animal could think of that. So, make a long story short, because this track could go all night. But, um, you know, it took me a good chunk of time, I would say another hour or so, before uh, my buddy uh, Streeter goes, hey, he's right over there. I was like, no, 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 no. No, he goes, well, there's a white belly over there. I go, no, we're going to keep following the blood. We're just going to keep on the blood. He's like, dude, there's a deer right there. I'm like, oh, my God, there's a deer right there. I was like, yeah, we got him. So it was a good, successful hunt. You know, decent-sized little spike horn. Yeah, I don't remember the weight on it. but 115, I think he was. He was beefy for a little headset. And that was the thing that I observed the most was his neck was like, like, those little spike horns, early season, pre-rut, they come early. Yeah, oh, that's for sure. That's a fact. So that's, like, an indication of, like, all right, pre-rut? 
Pre-run? Yeah, yeah. that's going to definitely be a note for next year. Absolutely. So, finish up expanded archery. I mean, you do expanded archery into October as we were talking about the pre-rut, but yep. now it's it's time to hit the kill list. Here we go. So, this is where the money is made for headgear. Yep. You have your freezer full. Yes, sir. And now you got to wait. Ugh. What do you like? What are you doing? I'm excited because the stress is off the shoulders. Like you have a freezer full of meat, and most people be like, "Well, well why are you still hunting?" Oh, I hate that. <laughs> oh my god, I could go into hours about this. Don't even get me started on it. I mean, my dad has not shot a deer. Like, I mean, he hasn't shot a deer for himself in like three years, right? I mean, I get deer every year. You know, I usually get two, typically. Um, but with my dad, he's just, he's getting old. He's getting to the point where he, he's just, you know, I almost need to like put the deer in front of him. So he, I go, dad, there's a deer right there. Okay. Put it behind the shoulder. Okay. Now, now pull the trigger. Like he's getting to that point. Yeah. I it's, mean, we will get into it. I think we'll get into it in this podcast. How like what you did post your yeah, season. Yeah, maybe. But meat's in the freezer, and now it's just the game of patience. You know, you got to wait for – I have a goal in mind. I've already completed my first goal. Now I need to complete goal number two. And that is the test of time right there. I mean, you're getting into your money spot. October 22nd. Like, oh. it's like towards the end of October. Yeah, and in years past, I didn't hunt this particular area as hard as I would like to. This year, I remember you telling me, like, you go hard every single day you can in this place. And I was like, yeah, okay, I will, I will. I like, will. only if you have 45 minutes, and I'm telling everyone listening, if you only have 45 minutes to get in the woods, like, yep. just do it. Like, yep. Stuff happens at Deer 30. Yes, it does. Yes, okay. it does. So, you're testing your patience. Are yep. you seeing deer? Uh, I mean, how do I describe this? Yes. <laughs> I've seen a shit ton of deer. You know, if I don't see a deer when I'm sitting, that's kind of a surprise. Like, wow. That is so different from me. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's like night and day, 180. But with me, if I'm not seeing a deer when I'm sitting, something's going on. They either went to a different direction, which they don't do often, um, but I'm sitting in a spot pretty religiously, which most people are like, why do you sit the same exact spot? Ah, that's the whole part of the game. That's part of the strategy. We spent hours on the phone talking about where we're sitting, wind directions, yep, incoming cold fronts, incoming rainstorms, snowstorm, everything. Just everything taken into account. What the deer have been doing, what you get on camera recently. Yep. Everything's accounted for when you're setting up. Yep. I mean, I sat in that tree stand one day for 12 hours straight. From sun up to sundown, I didn't get out of that tree. Stand. And I will never, ever, 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 ever it do that. It sucked, dude. It was awful. Well, I but mean, when you bring the water, that's a little <laughs> bit your fault. I didn't, dude. I just didn't want to pee in the tree. Like, oh, I did bring a pee bottle, and I'm not saying a bottle. I mean a jug. <laughs> that, <laughs> I mean, that is like I could sell that thing at uh, like on eBay for. You know, ridiculous amount of money. That that's a nice pee jug. I mean, it's camoed and everything. You know, but uh, no, I I put some serious hours into that tree stand, and you know, I still played around with scents and the grunts and stuff like that. Um, that twelve hour sit, I saw four deer that I could have shot broadside at fifteen twenty yards, and I was like, nope, it's not up. That's not my goal. And uh, you know, I had some grunts come in, uh, some some grunting um, opportunities where deer were coming in, making scrapes right in front of me, which is cool. But uh, the idea behind that pattern is to, I want deer to get comfortable around me. So that was kind of the goal with that. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, some people might look at that and go, hey, if you know you're going to sit in a tree stand and not see deer, you're wasting your time. And I would completely disagree with that because I want these deer to get comfortable I want them to learn my pattern so that when they see me come out of the woods, which I got pictures to prove this. Yeah, that was pretty badass. I got pictures of when I came out of the woods, 
and there's a monster, it was Ace, standing there 20, 30 yards off of the uh, tote road. If that, I, I would almost say 10. Watching me. How crazy, and I had no idea. I'm like, ah, yeah. and I take my time. I, that was one of the biggest things this year, too, is like when I left the woods, I try to leave the woods just as quiet as it's going in. Most guys, like, when they leave, they're like, oh, just get the woods, just get out, and they just, no. I, I always take my time now. That was a big thing this year that I did. But, uh, yeah, 20, 30 yards, I had my number two target buck staring at me. And at that point, when I got that picture, I went, you son of a bitch. He's learned me. He knows what I do. And I was like, okay, now's the time. So that was probably – that was still in bow? That was still in bow, yeah. That was, uh, I want to say – a week before rifle, I want to say. Okay, because I that's like a big week for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone. Yeah. Like last week of October, you're hammering the woods, and then right around my birthday, it's just some people's holiday. It's beginning of rifle season. So this year was November 1st or October 31st? Uh, I think it was the 31st. It was residence uh, weekend, yeah. the first weekend. Okay, so but. now, unlike me, you're grabbing your cannon. You're going to old reliable, <laughs> and it's a beautiful gun, by yep. the way, absolutely beautiful. Yep. So now this is when you're like hitting the woods. Yep. And we talked about it, and we're gonna talk about it again. And we talked about it all season long. Mm-hmm. What was the name of the game in rifle season? Oh man, so you know, I didn't. I had I had a secret card. I had this one play in my back pocket. And I didn't want to play it too early. I didn't want to play it too late. I waited for this one opportunity to play this this card, this the secret play that I had in my back pocket, like like Bill Belichick or something. But uh, you know, with the cannon, I still went religiously to that tree stand. You know, kept kept hitting it. And then uh, just one day, you know, the conditions were ideal, like quiet. Um, it was really cold in the morning, but then it was supposed to like warm up to like 75 during the yep, day. It was definitely going to be a little heat wave. So like literally temperature change from like th- not thirties, maybe it was like low, th- low forties. Yeah, it was definitely low forties and it was getting to maybe reach 70 where I was. I can't remember about yeah. your area. So the play was, and we, we kept telling each other, you know, in early season, we were like the curveball. We're going to throw the curveball this year. And we thought the curveball was going to be a completely different tree stand setup. We thought it was going to be, you know, way out in the middle of the woods. We're like, this is a good spot to sit because it'll, you know, with our pressure, it might push them further into the woods. And on this particular morning, I was like, you know what? What more of a curveball would be to sit a tree stand? I haven't even touched not even during preseason not even like july did you even have a camera over no no camera no nothing which is maybe working in your favor maybe maybe but i left i left this tree stand uh you know i left it set up through the winter of last year and just yeah there it is like always walk by it to get to my other tree snails like yep there it is and then this morning i was like you know what I, it's going to happen. Yep. I literally was walking down the trail, got to that point and went, you know what? And just took a right. And I was like, why not? Why not? I've yet to do it. And I mean, it was kind of weird. It's a different setup. Um, it's a whole different procedure going through the motions of getting into that tree stand, different uh, equipment and uh, a little uncomfortable because you're like, this is like foreign. This feels really weird. Maybe a little rickety. Uh, sketchy? Yes. Um, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? It's, it's, it's tight. It's tight. You got pretty much two shooting lanes. And, uh, I was like, let's just see what happens. You know, it's, it's one of those tree stands that you just, you don't know. Uh, it's not an ideal tree stand because typically the, um, when the sun rises, it's into my right shooting lane. Like the sun is blaring right into my face. So, Usually, I always told myself, if I'm going to sit this tree stand, I need to sit it on a cloudy morning because then the sun won't be right in my face. On this particular morning, it was foggy. I was in a cloud. It was really weird, but it was 
as the sun was over it, you know, as the sun came up, it burnt off all that fog, which was, it kind of, you know, didn't work to my advantage. It kind of like illuminated me into a pumpkin in a tree, um, which I was like, man, any movement I make, it's got to be like very subtle. So, you know, getting into this, this tree stand was kind of tricky, but I felt good about it. Get set up and, you know, I hear ruffling of leaves to my right. And I was like, oh, baby, oh, baby, here we go. Getting jacked up. You know, I got the cannon in my hand. I was like, this is, this is it. Everything you're waiting for into one 15 second moment. Yeah. I mean, I had three house dogs, domestic dogs step out in the tote road, like 30, 40 yards from me. I'm like, what the hell? Are you kidding me? And I'm like, this is going to ruin my hunt. This is like, this is ruining everything. It was a great morning. I was like, oh, my hunt's over. Like, you get that feeling of like, eh, it's okay, you know. Get to hear the birds wake up and stuff. You're like, eh, it wasn't like a complete waste. It, it was a cool morning to watch, you know, watch come alive. And those dogs kind of took off to my right. And I could hear something behind me prior to that. And I thought it was a squirrel. I was like, oh, man, that sounds kind of heavy, though. I was like, that's kind of weird. So I, I wasn't completely sure because I didn't I didn't uh, visually confirm there was a deer because I was like, I don't want to move. If I move, those deer are going to see me because I'm illuminated right now. Just kind of left it as is. But I assumed I was like on re- – I was on like code yellow right now for, yeah, yeah. for deer movement. I'm like, you know, it's there, but I'm not entirely sure. But those dogs moved off to my right, and I was like, ah, oh, god damn it. But then all of a sudden I heard ch- ch- behind me again. I was like – Okay, so we just went from level, you know, yellow to <laughs> level, like, fiery, hot red right now. Just, like, okay, on high alert, that's got to be a deer. So, you know, sound went behind me and off to my left. I have a shooting lane straight in front of me, 70 yards in front of me, and I have another, like, 60-yard shot to my right. There is no shot to my left, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like... This isn't good. Right where they're not supposed to go, but they're going to go every single time. Thick, man. They love the thick stuff. They travel through that thick stuff. So nice-sized doe. Doe I call Dozilla. You know, I've got her on camera. She's a tank. She is a, she's basically a buck, like a target buck without antlers. She is huge. And I'm like, man. And I got a doe tag. You know, I got picked in the lottery this year for the doe tag. And I was like, I could fill this, you know, doe tag right here, right now perfect opportunity and uh i was like no no it's 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 right like we're into like rut post rut right now coming in and uh so i waited and i waited and all of a sudden i see like tree branches moving through the tree branches and i was like oh my gosh i just knew right away i didn't even have to look at his rack dude i was just like that's a target buck i don't know who it is i know it's one of those three it's either Halo, Ace, or Nolan. It's one of those three. Wall hangers, all three. All three. And I was like, green light special. Here we go. This is going to happen. So the doe steps out in front of me. I'm like, oh. It's like, and she's watching me. The wind is blowing right to them. Right to them. And I was like, I just hope this electronic scent device that I bought this year, I hope it just, it proves me, like, come on, baby. And they didn't even get a whiff. Like, it was incredible. Doe steps out in front of me. She's on high alert. She kind of knows something's unusual, but he is so far up her rear end that he just has no <laughs> clue what is going on. So I'm kind of, so I'm a, I shoot lefty. So my gun is facing to my right. That deer is to my left. And I'm like, shit. So I have to pivot my entire body to get a shot to my left. And he is currently 15. 15 yards below my tree stand through the thickest stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, but the sun is hitting him just right. So if I swing too fast, he's going to catch my shadow. He's going to catch movement. So I waited for him to, you know, the doe flicked her tail. And when she flicked her tail, it was like the, like (laughs) the clouds, the heavens opened up for me. And he was just like, oh, there she is. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Locking on. Locked on, you know. And as soon as he locked onto her, it was, I mean, he stepped. And when he stepped, he was stepped into some thicker stuff, which gave me the opportunity to move. But when I moved, I didn't move slowly. I just, I pivoted 
right to where he was and shooting very awkwardly, almost like gangsta style. You know, I could see the aperture in my scope was like 50%, if that. And I just saw like head and then shoulder and boom. And when I shot, I mean, he just dropped. He collapsed, just instantly fell to the ground. He took two hops and then it was quiet. And I was like, holy shit, like, did I miss him? Like, what happened? Like, is he still standing there? So, like, you know, I have a semi-auto. I got, I got another round in the chamber ready to go. It's hot. Like, where is he? Like, what's happened? the does just stand there like, what happened? I don't know. What was that? And it was just really weird. So I remember texting you, and I was like, dude, 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 big buck, massive buck. I was like, what I say? I said, took shot. And I said, I'm about to cry. <laughs> and I'm like thinking in that moment, I'm like, all right, no context given. Is he happy? Like <laughs> big buck equals dead deer or big buck. I just missed. Oh. I was, you put me through a little bit of confusion right there. If I wasn't sure if I was supposed to celebrate or was I going to be like helping you. But the next text was the best text. Yes. It was a selfie of me. You know, I, I propped my phone up in the woods against a log and did a timer on it. And the next uh, the next text I sent him was me standing behind, just gripping and grinning, baby, holding this buck and just... Pure joy on his face. I know the man. Oh. There was so much joy in that picture. It's definitely the best picture of you I have. And it was so awesome seeing Ace in your hands, yep. the split brow. Yep. Just badass. It, 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 when you shoot a wall hanger, and this is like one of my like my things. When you shoot a wall hanger, you know, you know because you get very very emotional. You just cry. Like when I walked up on Ace, I put my gun against a tree, unloaded it, and just like dropped to my knees and just I started crying. Called the old man, literally blubbering baby, and most people be like, oh you're. You're a little bitch. Like, no, you and don't. You're spending hundreds of hours. You don't understand. <laughs> of planning, buying stuff, mm -hmm. strategically getting ready, just everything. Like, every morning waking up, 4.45. Yep. Getting in, scenting down your clothes with a spray, quietly walking in, doing your routines. Hours. I documented, for me, 200 hours sitting that's not scouting, getting ready, driving, all the other things. You hunted more than me. I know. And that you still put in. Yeah. We're talking hundreds of hours. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, all that into that a wall moment. hanger. Yep. A wall hanger. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, he's getting mounted, no doubt. Hightower is going to have uh, friends on the wall now. So, uh, just, it's amazing. It's, it's just absolutely amazing. So your whole season, I mean, you got you got three yourself, and yep. then you helped your dad get one. Yep. Uh, you would be stupid not to say that it was an A plus year. I the silver lining here. Let's talk about this. The silver lining of this year with the whole COVID and everything. I mean, it was a great year for outdoorsmen. I mean, more people were getting out in the woods this year because they couldn't go to, like, shops and stuff like that. Like, where can you go and be safe? In the woods. Like, that was an awesome opportunity, not just for you and I, but for, like, everybody in the state of Maine. Like, every – they saw a huge increase in even fishing permits this year. Just people getting outside, enjoying the outdoors, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, and literally all we talk about. Yeah. So, but anyways, um, it was a great season, you know, a great wrap-up, and – uh I can only hope that next year and the years, you know, uh, in the near future are just as good, but time will tell. Time and we're still so, we're still gathering data right now. We still got the cameras <laughs> out there just to see what's moving, what's kicking. Yeah. And a little little precursor next season, Nolan, halfway through. Let's see if he makes it. He looks good. He he looks damn sexy, I'll yeah. tell you that much. I think you need triplets in that run upstairs. Ugh. You It'd definitely be, need it. It would be nice. It would be nice. But um, that's a wrap on my season. And like always, folks, get in the woods. And get on the water. I